0: I'm Emma G. Rose, author of Contemporary Fantasy and Mythological Weirdness. I'm Shelley Shearer, author of Urban Fantasies and Cozy Mysteries. Welcome to Indie Book Talk. Join us as we explore the expanding universe of indie books. Today on Indie Book Talk, we're talking to Jessica Dahl, the author of The Stars of Heaven, a book about the Lisbon earthquakes. So, Jessica... We wanted you to come talk to us today about um, writing historical characters, because that's the thing that just sort of blows my mind. I feel like I'd get all mixed up in like what they're wearing and what slang they use, and I would never be able to finish the story.
1: Yeah, it's always an interesting uh, balance that you're trying to strike when you're writing historical characters where you want to make sure that um, they're relatable. And I mean, I think in some ways humans have always been humans but then in other ways you also um have someone who is a very different product of their time and so you have this really interesting dichotomy that you're always working with and i find it fascinating
0: so how much research do you do for your characters
1: i do a fair amount um and that's also i mean i guess writing is a bunch of balances in general but I do try to balance having a good foundation for them and then uh, working so that you're not spending all your time researching where the Stars of Heaven um, overall probably took about six years from idea to um, actually being published. Of course, I wasn't writing that entire time, but um, since I didn't know actually much about Portuguese history, which is part of what drew me, to writing the book, um, I started by getting a couple of different books on the topic. Um, this Gulf of Fire was a wonderful one by Mark Molski, and I read that through at least twice to try to just understand the setting. And from there, I started writing and would stop to check. Wait, what? What kind of underwear do they have? Do they have <laughs> uh, like? How many layers of petticoats? I don't know. She she needs to get dressed. So you would look into those sort of things as I was writing, rather than trying to become a PhD in
0: Portuguese history. What about like the characters' sort of viewpoint on the world? Because I feel like a woman living a hundred years ago. I don't. When was the Lisbon earthquake? Let's start there. (laughs) Uh, Seventeen fifty-five, November first. Okay, so a woman living in Portugal in 1755 I would think maybe has different fears and concerns than I do in the modern world so like how do you even convey that to a reader and still make it something they can relate to
1: well my uh biggest thing always with historical characters is I don't want them to come off as um what friends in other clothing where they're obviously very modern people just in pretty dresses Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm But it's also uh, trying to not make these people unrelatable or unlikable, especially in modern society. And so Cecilia, the main character in the book, is definitely a feminist from her time. Like She is very um, about wanting to do more than what is prescribed to her, but she's still a product of her time where... Yes, I want to do X, Y, and Z, but I'm not going to rally the Equal Rights Amendment marches to try to do this in 1755. And so I think it's a lot of work to make sure that people see that these characters often share a lot of what modern day people are going through and experiencing that, but they still live within their own limitations. And um, especially Portugal at the time was a very, very Catholic country. They still had the Inquisition running um, in the 18th century. So I tried to relate the world through that sort of viewpoint, which is interesting because I'm not that religious myself. Uh, um, Family, didn't even go to church. I'm generally agnostic, but it's still this is how she grew up and this is how she would view the world. So how do I present that while not also making her entirely just unconnectable where uh, someone with modern views on what it's like to be religious or not, or what it is to be a woman or not is not looking at this and going, Oh my God, I don't want to read this because it's just too much.
0: So are you working on additional historical books? Yes.
1: um, I'm currently working. um, Amazon is releasing a, a serial fiction platform, um, I'm assuming they're trying to rival Wattpad and those other free platforms, called Amazon mm-hmm. Bella, where they're going to um, you release little episodes of a novel or a work, however you want to put it. Um, the first three are free, and then you pay for the additional episodes of these. And so I'm going to be releasing in this serial format book called a dangerous beauty and that one takes place um in 1644 in maryland actually and so it's a very early colonial piece where obviously i like finding really sort of niche time periods that don't get a lot of play where this one's how (laughs) the english civil war um affected the colonies fun fact the only battle of the english
0: civil war that was fought on the american continent was in maryland Huh. So what is it about historical fiction? Because I feel like I've talked to historical fiction authors who are very fixated on a single time period or a single location, but you seem like you're sort of free ranging all over time and space. So what is it about historical fiction that excites you?
1: Well, I admit I've always been a history nerd. Um, I'm also married to a history nerd. Our first anniversary trip was to Gettysburg. (laughs) Um, like and so I've always been interested in how these people lived um my husband calls me a cultural historian um that's cool I'm interested in sort of the day-to-day life and how people moved around in this world and so a lot of what interests me is I will be watching a documentary or visiting an area or um I admit uh the stars of heaven came from Uh, playing Assassin's Creed. They have the Lisbon earthquake in Assassin's Creed. Like, I've never heard about this. What is this? Um, And so the way I connect with history, though, is by thinking how the people in each time, like, would have experienced this. Uh, A Dangerous Beauty um, came from, I'm actually not too far from uh, St. Mary's City, um, the first landing point, or not landing point, but the first settlement in maryland and i read a plaque that was along the lines of like this was once a fort for this battle i've never heard about this uh what what about these people who were there and so that's just how i connect in general to um, history and that's what leads me to all these little
0: pockets that I at one point never knew nothing about now do you bring in real people you know like is there like a historical general or the mayor of lisbon or something or are you dealing entirely in fictional people in a real setting
1: for the most part the main characters are fictional i'm toying with the idea of doing something more along the lines of um not the same time period, but where you have like I, Elizabeth, or things that the main character is like Elizabeth I or something. Uh, but for most part, I enjoy sort of the freedom of building these fictional characters who are the eyes the reader sees through, but they often interact with people who are real. Um, okay. So one of the uh, main antagonists is known generally in history as the Marquis de Pombal, um, at the time, he didn't have that title. But he is a very real person. You can look him up online. An interesting uh, person in general where he was v- both very um, progressive in his views, where he abolished slavery in Portugal and uh, established public schools and all these things that modern readers most likely I would think agree with. So, um, most people I think know slavery's bad. Um, <laughs> but then he also oh, was a bit of a dictator where the king um, after the earthquake happened, the king had no interest really in day-to-day ruling. He was traumatized. He has what we likely would think was PTSD and was like, I want to help like people eat. You take care of the governing. And so um, Pombal basically got to take over and the king gave him a blank slate and started filling everything. And so he is a very definite personality in the book because he is controlling this court life so much and so you can't really write a story without those real people i'm sure you could do a story where it's someone on an estate somewhere and outside of some background this is who the king is or this is uh what's happening in the world you could do without it but in these more involved worlds that i'm dealing with where there are battles there are these major events you're going to bump
0: into at least historical
1: people.
0: I had another question and it I went to open my mouth to ask it and it flew away <laughs> Been so there. I'll ask,
1: have you gotten any good feedback from other historical nerds out there like you nailed this underwear or <laughs> 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 like um, I, yeah, I'm just not believing that that's what she wore to the dinner you know there are people out there that that really want this to be exact so what kind of feedback are you getting Um, For the most part, I've gotten very positive feedback. Um, I'm still waiting. One thing that drove me crazy while I was researching that I don't think anyone honestly would think too much about was I couldn't get a definitive answer on how last names were structured in the time period. Because like um, in Spain, people in Portugal use both their maternal and paternal names but I couldn't get a definitive answer on if it was maternal, paternal or paternal, maternal. Um, and so I just finally had to go, okay, it seems like originally it's the mother first, even though in Spain at the time, it's the father first. And I feel like someone somewhere is going to find a definitive answer at some point.
0: <laughs> and me on that being wrong. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Last uh, question. I remembered it. Right. Uh have you ever run up against a situation where, like the circumstances, the real life circumstances blocked your story?
1: Um, interestingly enough, the Lisbon earthquake actually lends itself very well to a narrative. Like it more or less follows a narrative arc, which I found very helpful. <laughs> um, and so, um, the book is structured in four parts, where each of the four parts is sort of a building event. Um, after the earthquake. And so that was really handy. A dangerous beauty is a little more difficult, um, mostly because things in the, t- like just in timing are so spread out, where Maryland at the time is pretty much entirely planters. And that means, hey, it's time to plant the crops. Nothing happens for a couple of months. <laughs> okay, we're getting to the fall. Everyone's busy. Hey, it's winter again. Aren't uh, we upset about something? <laughs> yeah, we should go do something. <laughs> And so you have these like entire just months at a time where everyone's busy and so they don't actually deal with each other. (laughs) So for that one, I've had to figure out how to compress time and how to make these jumps work without just the narrative stopping for no reason. Because I don't think readers would be especially understanding of understanding of Oh, my God, we want to kill this guy. Oh, wait, I need to go plant my tobacco.
0: See you in nine months.
1: <laughs> After 10, we must farm now.
0: <laughs> exactly. So the moral of the story is pick a time period that lends itself to a natural narrative arc and you'll never go wrong.
1: Yes. And <laughs> I'm sure that history has, has so many of those moments. So I, I got spoiled with Lisbon where I was like, oh, you see, it's perfect. I can put this here and that there.
0: Before we we go, um, can you tell people where they would find you if they want to find you on the interwebs? Uh, My website is just my name, Jessica Dahl, D-A-L-L.com.
1: I'm also Jessica Dahl on Facebook um, and Twitter. And then Jessica Dahl author on Instagram because someone got Jessica Dahl before I could grab it. And I'm a little sad. (laughs) Uh The other Jessica doll I found online as a photographer so I guess I can forgive her being on Instagram
0: <laughs> yeah I guess she's allowed and I don't think anyone will confuse you so mm-hmm. um, okay so everybody go check out the stars of heaven um being Portuguese descent myself I'm excited to read that so go check it out Jessica thank you for being with us we appreciate your time and uh yeah we'll look out for what a dangerous beauty on the new vellum platform
1: yes um please check it out um leave reviews for anyone who likes it if you don't like it then you can leave no i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) uh, reviews are always helpful and i hope everyone enjoys it
0: if you're new here and you want to help us out don't forget to like review and subscribe